Welcome to the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, insight and training from leaders around our network. Here's your host, Ian Bird. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome again to another LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to share with you acumen from other leaders, mainly within our network. But today, we're actually going to talk to two people who are outside our network, but are known to us, and they are Jenny and Angela Gaeta, they are the founders and they lead the church planning movement, Life Church, with 15 churches so far. They've established a life and leadership academy. They train and mentor men and women to be agents of change in their society, and they dream of duplicating this model throughout Europe. They're also conference speakers and church advisors, and they're grateful parents of three adult children, doting grandparents of two little girls, and they're living the motto, great churches can transform a nation. So I want to welcome today, yeah. Jenny and Angela Gato. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you. Hello from Vienna this afternoon today. <laughs> it's an honor. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, I think I forgot to mention that you are in Vienna, Austria. And we're going to hear in a minute just how you both... Uh, came to be there because that's kind of exciting neither one of you is a native austrian and yet you're in austria one thing i do want to mention to everyone before we continue on is that jenny and angela are our guest speakers at our lifelinks international conference this coming october 18th to 20th in winnipeg manitoba so yeah looking forward to that (laughs) yeah well we're thrilled to have you i believe you spoke at our conference was it 2009 somewhere in there Feels like a long time ago, but we love being amongst you and your people. And so really look forward to to being back. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the time when you came, we were still in Medicine Hat. And that's right. Oh, yeah. And then you spoke at our camp. And I believe that for sure was 2009. So you might have been at the conference the year before. But anyway, we're going to have you this fall, but let's jump in because we want to get to all the things we want to talk about today. I wondered if you could start off by briefly telling us about your ministry journey and how the Lord got to you to where you are today. And I alluded to the fact that neither one of you is from Austria by birth. So can That's you share right. what, what your journey has been? Yes, I'll just give a brief recap. So I'm British. I come from Cornwall in England. Jani is Italian with a French mother, but grew up down on the Mediterranean in Taranto. We met at Bible school in the UK at an international Bible training institute in 84. I was there because as a teenager, just a 17-year-old, very surprisingly, I sensed a very, very clear call on my life for ministry and to a nation, and that nation was Austria. Now then, that's a story for another day. It wasn't my background. I come from a farming background, but I I answered that call. It got me to Bible school in preparation with the Assemblies of God denomination that I would be going to Austria as a missionary. And at college, met Jani, who was determined to go back to the south of Italy to continue his music and get involved with Christian TV. He was in Christian radio, but fell in love with me. And I couldn't do anything other than say, really, I come double pack, it's Angela and Austria. And so that's why we've now spent the last 36 years of our life together. We married as 22 year olds, 
came over here immediately and see Central Europe and Austria as a mission field and have had the incredible honor of serving here as a couple. Came here thinking we were gonna just be supportive of other missionaries or church planters. Austria has very few believers had back then 36 years ago just a couple of thousands so mm-hmm. uh, Johnny with his music me when I got to learn German maybe working with children and youth but it soon developed further that we realized well in fact having been here for three years learned some of the language never didn't see anyone come to faith although we were working with supporting experienced missionaries we Austrian, Austrian people who were speaking the language and, and knew what they were doing. We did those sense God say to us, I've called you here. You prove me. I'll test you. Choose a, a town, move into it and plant a church. Yeah. Wow. Now that, that clearly we were 25 and we obeyed and we did it. Started and, in our living room, in, basically. Yeah. Moved. Uh, We have so many stories of just hearing from heaven, battling through to obedience and then doing it. And literally the first church we planted 33 years ago was in the living room on the eighth floor apartment of a high rise block. And out of that is our church planting, the beginning of our church planting story. What a story it is so far, even just those early days. I mean, so you're in Austria because... You had that call back when you were a teenager. You felt the call to Austria. This man said, hey, I'm falling in love with you. Let's get married. You said, yeah, we're going to get married, though. You got to understand something. I'm called to go to Austria. And Jenny was like, "Okay, we'll go to Austria. I mean, it would be more serious than that. But what a story. Wow. And the fact that you both have followed it so faithfully, right? And you went right after it immediately went there and that's amazing so started off in a living room so where did it kind of go from there we started in this one town which is right in the center of austria in a place called leoben but previously in the previous town we had been we did what we thought we were called to do basically support other people and there was there a a so-called chapter of the full gospel businessman i don't know if this is known to you Uh, in the previous place we were and there was a group of them that was meeting for prayer. So when we were in Leoben, having known them, having worked with them before we went to Leoben, they called us and said, listen, we want to become more than just a prayer meeting of a couple of business people. Would you be prepared to come to us, which was about from Leoben, it was about three hours away, drive away where they were, or two and a half drive, hours drive. In those days, we had you know more time in our hands. And so I started to do that, going back to where we were before and bringing teaching and developing from this prayer meeting, more like a a local church. There was a young man I saw there that could become like the pastor in the location, even though I would be leading it from Leoben, but we set him as the leader locally. And so we were leading, doing two churches at the same time. So in the place where we were, we started really from zero, you know, in our living room, doing public meetings, especially praying for the sick a lot, inviting other pastors from other 
towns around Austria. There was one man, for example, he was a practitioner doctor. And here in Austria, titles are very, very important. You know, if you have doctor, come and speak. So we used to announce it, put posters, you know, out and pray for the sick. So the group in Leoben was growing in our living room and then like once a month in a public place. And in the other place, there was this group already formed from the full gospel businessmen that were also growing to becoming a local church. And that's how it started, really. So it was always about reaching people who didn't know Jesus yeah. yet. That's the only thing you can do in a nation like this. So Absolutely. it was very, very simple. Our, our preaching, our ministry had to be very simple, leading people to Jesus teaching them how to read the Bible and to pray and helping them to understand that gathering together regularly around Jesus was important. And so it was very, very tiny beginnings, but where people were radically meeting Jesus and then wanting this expression of Christianity in their churches or in their towns, I mean. So like We'd got these two little groups and one businessman was traveling in about 40 minutes and he was insistent that instead of coming to this second town, he wanted this back in his hometown. And he literally meant, I want this in my living room with somebody coming and sharing Jesus so I can invite my people there. And that's how we started the third church. Yeah, he was a baker. And he had a couple of baker shops. And he, so he knew quite a lot of people also. And so, yeah, we started in the living room in his home. And then again, we hired a seminar room from a hotel and then did something public so that people can bring their friends. And it really was one person at the time. And in those days, you must imagine, we were looked upon as a sect in Austria. There was not so many evangelical churches as, as today. But it was, you know, particularly difficult also to get people to come to our meeting to something they did not know what it was. It wasn't Lutheran and it wasn't Catholic. So, you know, kind of the hindrance to actually to overcome, to come to one of our meetings was quite high, you know. So it was really kind of pioneer, <laughs> raw pioneering. So I think it would be fair to say church planting we got into it by default yeah we weren't planning to do this we thought maybe one church but when the second and then the third happened we soon realized there was a pattern here that, mm. and God was gracing us to do something and we needed to get our head around it and so with understanding well Leading people to Jesus is wonderful, but then these churches need leadership. So yeah. we need to train the leaders. Yeah. So most we've planted 14 churches, four church plants happening. Most of the leaders we led to faith, mm -hmm. uh, discipled, trained up. So Life Church um, Network today is very, very relational. Obviously, we're mum and dad or grandma and granddad to some of them, the next generation leaders. So I think in a nutshell, that's Life Church. That's amazing. Well, and I think obviously Austria is an incredibly secular nation, right? When yeah. We can sit, you know, compare with, say, over here in North America, Canada, U.S., I mean, we have become increasingly secular, but we would still have stronger Christian roots and even expressions than yes. Austria would have. So for you to go into a country like that and then just blaze a trail and pioneer step by step, faithfully committed, 
It's amazing what God has done. I marvel with you and your tenacity and commitment, right? And yeah. and the fact that you've been there doing this for 33 years. So you currently have, did you say 14 churches? or 14 churches, in Austria. yes. In Austria. In and, you, and you have four others that are being developed right now? Yes. Yeah, we call them startups, you know, kind of yeah. beginnings. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, that's exciting. And I think one of the things that, Val and I were impressed with, among other things, when we chatted with you recently, was just kind of your mindset with seeing these start. Because I know here, generally, we think of church planting over here in North America. There's a whole picture of it, even when Val and I moved here to Calgary to start the church here. The whole idea was you needed quite a bit of money. You're getting that sound equipment right away. You're renting that venue. You're trying to start public gatherings, you know, larger gatherings fairly quickly. You're gathering people for an information night. You're doing that. And then you're walking forward that way. And that's kind of the standard way that it's yeah. often done. But I think from what I just heard from you and also what you've shared previously, you do it a bit differently and you have a little more variety and I thought that when we were talking to you earlier, that that hearing about that variety and some of the ways you've done it, I think would spark things among some of our leaders. Because one of the things that as a network, and I don't want to go on and on about this, but one of the things that we really want to see happen is we believe that God has more churches that he wants us to start up in our network. Mm -hmm. And obviously those are churches within our network that would be starting them. They wouldn't all be centrally done by lifelinks. There'd be partnerships of churches within our network. But I think sometimes it looks super daunting to leaders. I know it is. I feel sometimes we talk about it. I think if I could listen to maybe the thoughts of many leaders, they'd say, well, that's really nice, but we don't have enough people. We don't have enough resources to do that. And we're just trying to get done what we're doing right now. So thank you. Nice vision probably doesn't fit me. And I think sometimes it feels like just a step too far. So maybe you can mm -hmm. help us share some of the things you've done and demystify it a bit. And I don't know, maybe it'll stir some Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously we were forced in Austria to start one way. There was no campus to be... <laughs> founded with about 100 people from other there were there was just none of that so we we had to start basically Angela and I in our living room you know but this is shown us that it is possible to go in a place and just with a couple nowadays we would say don't send a couple send maybe two or three couples yes and exactly. then start it's definitely difficult when a church thinks they have to send money, equipment, people, a whole number of people to do that. And when you actually arrive, even if you have the money and the people and stuff, now you it's a lot of work to, to have to do, for example, look after, look after kids straight away, have a great worship straight away. And so basically we reduce church planting to what is the essential the essential mm -hmm. is community is fellowship uh, getting people together and what whatever happens when this little group meets it might be two couples or three couples whatever happens if it's great there will be other people that will join i think also you know in north america or in canada there must be believers somewhere very close that says you know we like this and we want to connect to that but obviously, there will be also non-believers or unchurched people that through relationship and friendship and then care and prayer and sometimes whatever praying for, maybe if they are somebody sick in the family and connect that way, 
then you grow one person at a time. And one thing is very important that you are not discouraged. You know, I talk about when I talk about pioneer spirit is I mentioned Noah, you know, and uh, he, he was working for years and years and years on something. He didn't know what was what was really going to happen and maybe people around him. So it took a long time. And the pioneer spirit doesn't get discouraged if you're still the six people after two years. Doesn't matter. We are here. We are we are church here, a small group. We are we do church, and we just uh, grow one person at a time without that pressure. Well, down the road there is a massive church. We should be like them yeah, because good. nowadays, especially more than ever before, there are people who say, "No, we don't want to have this large expression. We want to have small expression." So that small group is very attractive you know mm -hmm. but to break free from these cliches that we have what church has to look like it's very very important to stay encouraged and to have the right aim you know so when we came to vienna for example left the church we planted all we did was meeting in a home i think a year or even more than that we didn't have any sunday or church meetings we were just the people who came with us we met regularly prayed and we didn't feel like oh a year has gone by and we have not planted we don't have a sunday meeting what's wrong with us we have learned to stay focused and not to give way to things which are will come in the future anyhow it's only a matter of time and this is one of the words we say it's only a matter of time it's only a matter of a question of time it's never not going to happen it's only a question of time I like particularly that. when the focus is we're planting a church to reach those who don't know Jesus right. yet yes. because there are thousands of them yeah. thousands of them and so that's why we can say so confidently it's only a matter of time if uh, somebody moves into an area or comes to faith themselves where they're living well they've got a network of friends and if somebody moves in there we say well get into the sports club or start going to the gym or get involved in the choir or whatever just to get to know people because we are adamant that we build church for those who are not yet in it and so we plant churches for those who are not yet going to church. Yeah, and so the love for the lost who do want to be found and then a love to love them enough to embrace the small beginnings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And small yeah. beginnings are not always comfortable. But I tell you what, small beginnings around a meal table reading a Bible verse together is much easier and more comfortable than event-based small beginnings that just feel awkward and hard work. And we still can't make it as good as the big church down the road. Well, what can you do good? I can cook a good meal and have a good dinner and make people- Create a great atmosphere. Create a great atmosphere, have good background music, share a Bible verse and introduce somebody to Jesus in the course of six months, we can do that good. Well, let's yeah. do it. And I think that the largest budget for church planting should be food. 
not that, equipment. I agree. Yeah, no, I agree with that. We have what we call micro churches now in our church, and that is something that we do every time is we have meals in our micro churches because there is something about having food together. Jesus, mm. I mean, they thought he was a glutton because he was eating all the time, <laughs> right? And he was eating with sinners. He was hanging out with sinners. And so that's very interesting. I like what you said. I like everything you're both saying, but that statement it's only a matter of time. I really yes. like that concept because it's so encouraging. It's like the seed, right? You start yeah, with a yeah. seed, you put it in the soil, you water it, it germinates. It's only a matter of time before it becomes yeah. a plant because you've planted that seed. So I, I really music. like that. Yeah. And mm. I like the variety and the different mindset. I know that your churches meet at different times. I don't think they meet on Sunday mornings or maybe some do. I don't know. But culturally, I think it's different in Austria. And I think you meet in different locations too. Yeah. Some are not in houses, I don't think. I think they're in other gathering places. Can you share some of those stories with us? Basically, we try, when it comes to locations, when we go public in the sense of when we leave the living room, and very often we do that, we have an event with a special speaker in the sense of somebody who overcame some sickness, or we have somebody come and speak about life after divorce, how they kind of came through. We use themes which people people are interested in. There is a guy who used to be very heavily into the new age, and we use him with a title that looks like very new agey, and people come to listen. So we do this kind of public meeting, but then we meet in small group at the same time. And so we use public places we've used all sorts of things we've used cinema we try to use facilities that are known in a town that is not something that people don't know we try to be there where people know oh there are events there and that's where we go but we've been in restaurants we've been startup uh, business startup facilities yeah so we at the beginning we will often have a friday evening once a month event that mm. would be in old-fashioned kind of terms, very evangelistic. And at the same time, there'd be a weekly life group in a home. Yeah. And then at some stage, we will move to a weekend, more of a church service, not automatically Sunday morning or even Sunday. Many of our churches find that Saturday late afternoon works better. And we don't always offer a children's ministry immediately. Mm -hmm. Another saying that we have in church planting is we will bake bread with the flour that we have. Mm, so so who, whoever's there and what we can manage to offer, we will offer. Sometimes it will be praise and worship with a backing CD mm. because we don't have musicians yet, but we will offer something maybe again a Saturday evening or Sunday morning twice a month. Because all of our pioneer pastors are bivocational. So mm. they're all working full time. Yeah. They're living their faith in the community. They're trying to reach out. So even just to put together a little weekend service takes a lot of effort. And if there's a little group of maybe 10 or 12 people, once every 14 days, of a weekend, they would have a little service of some kind. So yeah, whatever's available. And something else we tend to say is, whatever God serves us, we will take it and make the best out of it. So yeah. bar owner, restaurant owner came to faith. 
and he wanted us to be meeting all of his staff coaching helping them and then sharing jesus well we ended up starting one of our churches right in his restaurant and bar on a monday evening when uh, it was their day off surrounded by whiskey bottles and <laughs> alcohol everywhere we were right in the middle of it people from other churches came to see this thing because it was so unusual in this bar restaurant that was very well known in the city where he was and we were there on Monday night doing life group. And uh, we started basically the life church in one of, in the second largest city in Austria in the bar. And when we went out in a public place for, for like uh, Saturday or Sunday meetings, we kept a life group in the bar because we felt it was a great place to take people. And mm. it, it was a very unusual. You know, that was an attraction to everyone. But let me say... Uh, the fact that we meet on Saturdays is not because it's culturally Austrian, but we created that culture. We asked ourselves, what is the best time to meet? And in some churches, in some of the life churches, Saturday is better because, for example, in Vienna, we meet at 4.30 in the afternoon and we have like a two-hour meeting. Some The evening is still all in front of us and people can bring their friends. And then after church, go to a restaurant, be together, spend the evening together. Other people stay in the building and we have like a little bistro and people stay maybe as long as the meeting lasted, they, they, we stay on and that is, is relational. But it's not Austria. Even in Austria, people say, what, church on Saturday? But we just created that culture that, why not? Well, that's amazing. Several things just stand out to that. One you you looked at how God was leading you. You didn't mind doing it differently because yeah. it's the leading. And the other yeah. thing that really stands out is this whole idea of baking the cake with the ingredients you have. And I think that's a big one because often one of the struggles is we do think about everything we would need. And it goes back to what I said earlier, when we think of multiplying churches or creating other churches, it's like, well, there's so much infrastructure I would need. I need to make sure that our church is strong enough. And then I need to make sure I have all that infrastructure before I do anything. And what you're saying is, no, no, no. If God calls you to do it, step out with what you have and believe he'll add to it. And yeah. that's what I hear you telling us. Yeah. And obviously it's worked for you. God has brought people to you. Yes. yes. And we've created from the very beginning something that's very contagious. And that is that to create a little spiritual home for someone close to where they live mm. is like one of the best gifts that we can give anybody in their life and in eternity so that they can find Jesus. Wow. So people that come to Jesus through us within a matter of weeks or months they will have heard in their church and when we meet together on our vision day once a year as a network they will have heard we plant churches we create space so Jesus can meet people in their location and so it is just so part of our DNA as, as a whole network that it's more than just being evangelistic. It is reaching people, sharing Jesus with them, but creating then community with them in whatever way that is possible. So a lot more people can get involved 
and it is accessible to them. It's like, well, I can open my home, I can open my heart, and I can open my fridge because yeah, that's what yeah. we say for like a startup. That. We say you don't that. have to be already <laughs> trained in our leadership academy. We'll give you leadership. But if where you are or where you move to with your new job, you can open your heart, your home, and your fridge. We'll help <laughs> you with the rest. And people want to do it because they've got the virus already this positive virus <laughs> positive. Of Austria is going to be a better place if we have a lot of even little local churches which will grow slowly but they will mm -hmm. and so it is just part of our DNA mm -hmm. and people feel as if they can do it they've been maybe following Jesus a year and they say to me Angela I'm going to plant a church one day aren't I mm -hmm. I say for sure you are yeah Exactly. Never say no. Well, and the way that you're going about it is a way that can involve more people and exactly. doesn't require all that infrastructure. I look at the city that, that we're from here. So Calgary is where Val and I live and where Forerunner Church is. And we're a city now of 1.3 million people. So when you think about trying to reach a city like Calgary, and we've had this since the day we came here, where do you locate? What do you do? And the way we started is we had people who connected with us from all over the city. So we met centrally and we still do meet centrally in the city. And so it's a long distance. It's a big city geographically. So how mm. do you do that? And one of the things that we feel more and more now is the way you do it is by having what we would call micro churches being planted or started in the different areas of the city. So yes, we have a larger gathering where people come together, but we also have these micro churches where we want them to be where people live, just like you say, and then they can build relationship in their community and have people come in. So what you're sharing excites me because <laughs> I mean, I think for Val and I, even to be honest, one of our goals in coming here was always that our church would plant other churches. And mm. that has been our goal. And uh, it's only been the last while that we've kind of realized that maybe our mindset of what other churches looks like is different than maybe what God would do. And that planting these micro churches and having these smaller gatherings of believers throughout our city is one way we could really penetrate and i know that listening to you guys has inspired us so i want to thank you for that you mentioned about your academy and i want to just talk about that for a minute because obviously you've created a leadership pipeline that has your dna and your culture and so mm -hmm. you are taking these younger Christians through it, and you're building them into a place where they can now lead and potentially start up their own churches. Tell me maybe a bit about what that process is. The Leadership Academy had a different expression as we started. Basically, as we had three or four churches, I thought we need future leaders. And I started something that was called the Timothy Project, basically Paul Timothy kind of understanding. So I handpicked some people in the existing group that we had started that looked to me as if they had leadership potential, potential to grow into more than who they were. And so I kind of approached them and said, hey, do you want to join the Timothy Project? People knew what it was and those who didn't, I explained to them what it was. I said, I'm going to spend a whole Sunday every month with you. 
and is is going to be more like a boot camp because we believe the character is more important than gifting so it's going to be like you can say yes you join and you can maybe leave the the project but whatever happens in between joining and leaving you can't really affect that so basically i said you always have to be there because i commit myself to that you have to be there there is hardly any reason why you shouldn't be there so it was on purpose like this to create a little bit of pressure for character training because we knew we needed leaders very fast but how do you create leaders if they haven't gone through the test of time and their own local mm-hmm. church and so basically i created situations that were really hot like fire for them you know and oh, wow. that's why the timothy project it was a boot camp really you know there was one guy one day said oh the boss said i need to be at work because they are inventory i don't know what you call that need to work through the whole day and overnight just to find out what they have you know i don't know yeah, what you call it yeah, yeah yeah and so you can't say no to the boss so i said to him well go and uh, you know quit your job <laughs> and he looked at me and said what i said yeah quit your job you said there would be no reason for you not to come so basically he went to his boss and said look there is something that i'm doing that is very very important i've been training the personality training and stuff and our church does this i really need the time off and actually his boss gave him the time he never got to the place where somebody had to quit their job <laughs> but i like actually, your insistence though like that's impressive yeah yes because that was really impacted my life i was in a bible school that was theological but actually was more interested in forming people more than informing people and so it happened to me you know and so i did the same what i knew had happened to me and so this bunch of people were people from all the groups we had and most of these actual pastors and leaders of the movement came out of that timothy project then we closed that we had 8 years of that and then we closed it down and considered because by then there was a few more churches and we considered a different approach to leadership training and we then invented the leadership academy and we tell people about it and people can become part of it out of their own choice although if there may be some people that we think they should do the academy we would approach them and say hey please do the academy because it will do you good and we need you whatever And so in the leadership academy also were both in the Timothy project the culture of church planting the culture of life church it's a big thing for us culture we insist more on same culture more than same way of doing things we don't mind however in a locality they express the culture what they do and which song they sing or whatever but we do insist on culture which is very important and so in the leadership academy now is not the boot camp but because they get the character training in their church they have there are leaders now in the churches so they can follow them and mentor them and coach them and the leadership academy basically is a two years course and is basically one whole weekend a month for 10 months during a year and basically it stands on three pillars which is self leadership leadership skills and practical theology okay. and something else that is not very apparent but is a very big part of it is impartation really good and so in from there we bring people in we train leaders but not just for church but also for the marketplace yes. but really that's where we get the leaders from yeah that's yeah, really good i think having a pipeline like that having a program a system 
to raise leaders. In LifeLinks, we have our AMP program, our Accelerated Ministry Preparation Program, which runs for nine months. And right. we're doing that since 2012. And I think you just have to kind of a similar blend, theology, leadership training, and personal leadership mm -hmm. growth. I think all those things together are effective. That sounds good. And I just wanted to touch on that. I wondered as we close, if you could give us just for those leaders listening, those pastors who are leading churches and others who maybe aren't pastors, but they're part of churches and this is stirring them and they're thinking, maybe there is more for me. Maybe I could do something like this. Maybe I could be involved in a startup sometime. What would you say to them as they consider this? I would say, first of all, free yourself from any ideas how it must be and look at the basics of the church in the early church. They broke bread together, they had food together, they prayed, and they stayed in the teaching of the apostles, which nowadays, you know, really is get teaching from outside, online or whatever, and then basically do that. And you already have really church, you have community, you have relationship. And so free yourself from what must be from these big pictures of big churches and massive, which actually I don't want to say that they are obsolete. Actually, they are very, very important of to start sometimes with a yes. big bang if you yes. can do that. But there are many, many locations all over the world, in Canada, in North America, everywhere, where there are many towns with no church. They all go to this big church somewhere and the towns around are not touched. You know, even in Australia, we found out that there are many areas where are not touched. So free yourself from that and also make church planting start talking about it invite people that are infectious you know that the people catch something from them and really make it actually a big part of your vision very often church planting becomes like oh a couple of people are doing something is like a side dish yes i agree but really start to put it on your budget church planting or whatever the sum may be or put it on your time budget your ministry budget put it in so that people start to get infected by that and all it actually starts home by asking people to reach out to people who are unchurched yes that, that's actually what the pioneer spirit starts when we say come on let's reach out to people who are unchurched and i would suggest to do something discipleship from a pre-christian condition in other words, don't disciple people who have become believers, but disciple people who are not believers yet, even though they might not know you are discipling them. <laughs> but start yeah. from, yeah, look, Jesus started with disciples which are not born again yet. I mean, even he did that. He started from pre-Christian man people. And that's very, very important. So like this will position a church for wanting to then start and maybe not start too far start close to the mother church because the ideas that we have also here is church reproduction you can only reproduce not too far and so be far but close enough that people from the so-called mother church can come and visit you like can be just sit in the meeting and make numbers you know and yeah. come and support you maybe the first expression of a church planting should not be too far and that so people are connected, especially the kids of whoever is church planting, starting a startup should be still somehow reachable. Yeah, that's what I would say. What would you say, Angela? For me, I think the major thing is just personally to 
work on our fears and inhibitions so that we truly can embrace and celebrate the small yeah yes you know when we as a couple had our first child it was the most amazing thing that happened because it was ours it was a baby and then the second one came and the third but we had no issue with celebrating the first birth and the small beginnings and I think reaching out to those who don't know Jesus but really dealing with things in us as leaders that have got to a place of no the big is the important it is but every big needs a little too and so to embrace and celebrate the small in a truly authentic way because Jesus did it he Mm. sat with the one and and he spoke to the crowds of course he did but he sat with the one and so that is for me such a key i will travel anywhere in this nation to sit around a table with two or three people and it is about faith i think there's a we can draw on on grace to receive great faith to believe in small beginnings that they will grow and yes. maybe that's something that we're just graced with, but we'll give it away to this level of faith to believe that small is wonderful and it will grow. Mm, I like that. I really like your mindset. And I think that willingness to be with the crowd or to be with the individual, whatever God leads, I think there is just a really good mindset. And obviously God trusts you. So when you are faithful with the little, so to speak, and you're willing to give your best to the little, God says, well, I can give them more too, because they're not biased either way. They just want to reach people for me. So I really love your hearts, both of you. I'm being stirred as I hear you. Uh, it's stirring my spirit. And uh, we look forward to having you in October. For everyone listening, I hope you just see how wonderful it's going to be to have this couple with us in October. So I encourage you all to keep that in mind. And uh, that'll be great. I wonder if you'd finish by praying for us. We always ask our guests just to pray for us and bless us that God would guide us as a network of churches. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to begin. Yes. Father God, I thank you for Ian and Val. Mm -hmm. Father, I thank you for their faithfulness, their commitment, their Father, how Ian has just led through a difficult season of church life these last few years. And I thank you, Father, for every life links pastor and leader that's listening to or listen to this this afternoon. And Father God, I thank you for their faithfulness and commitment as your sons and your daughters, but also in leadership. And Father, in the midst of all the to do, the daily to do's that have to be done, I'm asking you, Father God, that you would refresh every leader, those that are on the national leadership, but also every leader in a local church. And Father God, that they would again just sense to be like Jesus and to minister like Jesus did is all that's really asked of me. And Father, I'm praying a blessing and a grace on every leader, Father, to be able to stand and minister to the crowd, Mm. but to relate to the one, whether they know you or they don't know you. And Father, to have an incredible 
compassion mm. for those who are yet unchurched, mm. even in their area, in their neighborhood, to realize that those are the ones that Jesus has placed us in, in our neighborhood for, for those who don't yet know you. So Father, a new passion, a new hunger for you, but a new hunger to reach the lost. And I thank you, Father, that church planting... <laughs> creating little communities to reach out to those who don't yet know you is just going to become such fun mm. father and i'm speaking that out and proclaiming that and right across life links yeah. church yeah. planting the thought of it is losing its stigma and it's becoming surrounded with a feeling we can do this together with a few others this is going to be fun Yes. And I thank you, Father, your kingdom is coming mm. and it's joyful. Yes. And Lord, I ask you not only for the beginnings of the love to church plant, which are already there, but I actually declare momentum. Yes. I declare momentum that many things will work together, words, connections, visions, uh, and successes, and all these things will create a momentum mm. that comes not just from physical or visible things that will come from you i ask for a pioneer spirit to be yes. to be really imparted to the whole movement and i feel also a prophetic word for for you that the, the shared pioneer, love to pioneer is going to become in the future the strongest link of of life link mm -hmm. it's going to be the strongest link that is going to connect you with each yes. other church with church than as ever been before yes in jesus name mm. amen. amen amen wow those are great prayers i can feel that i'm stirred in my yeah. spirit thank you so much both yeah, of it's you. been a pleasure we love you we appreciate what you carry and we do look so much toward the fall when you come and in the meantime i pray the lord blesses you both yes. and i'm going to pray for you i don't always yeah. do this but i'm going to pray for you father i thank you for Jannie and Angela, I thank you for the way that they have shared with us. I thank you for the impartation that they've given us before in Lifelinks. I thank you for what they're going to bring in October. But I pray you'd bless them. And it says he who refreshes others will himself mm. be refreshed. I pray that they are refreshed as they continue to pour out in their nation and beyond. Lord, I know they have a sphere that you've expanded and are continuing to expand. And I pray, God, for increased grace in the days ahead as you continue to multiply what they're doing. I thank you for them, and I thank you for the connection we have with them. And we mm. thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And Lord, Thanks. bless you both. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. And we look forward again, like I said, to the fall. And thank you to all of you who listened to this podcast. We appreciate you. If you like this content, would you do me a favor and share it on social media? Let other people know. Certainly let other people know in your church, but let other people know throughout the network and even beyond. This is a message that can go beyond our network. If you would do that, I'd be really, really blessed. Thanks again, Jenny and Angela. Lord bless you both. And uh, for you on the podcast, we will see you again soon. God bless you. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Lifelinks Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at lifelinks.org.